On this episode, we watched Max Steel. That's right. Back to back Max Attack. Uh oh. Welcome to Max Vember. <laughs> Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. Hey, I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalen, and I'm coming off of a cold, and also I'm allergic reactioning to Dan's cat, so I apologize if I sound a little snotty tonight. <laughs> I mean, more snotty than normal? Or? Well, usually I'm snotty like this. Um, actually, that was saboteur, not sabotage. <laughs> uh, but this is a different kind of snotty where there's actual snot in my face. You say it's sabotage. I say it's sabotage. You remember that? <laughs> was that a Phil Harmon thing? <laughs> no, that was a uh, uh, William Shatner. There was a. There's all. Oh, the, it's like a bootleg. There's take, outtakes right? of yeah. him doing the uh, Star the, Trek cartoon where he's like, "What's the thing Spock sabotage the system? Spock sabotage the system." And they're like, "Bill, uh, could you <laughs> could you just say one more with a sabotage? You say sabotage. I say sabotage." <laughs> Wow, that was another episode of our classic podcast, Remember That? I mean, we basically became Gilbert Gottfried's podcast for a minute, which is essentially they Gilbert Gottfried and his, and his co-host interview somebody, but half of it is just Gilbert Gottfried remembering shows he watched as a kid, or like scenes from movies with people in it that are not the guest. Yeah. Uh, seems like a pretty good format. We should adopt that. It's, I mean, it's fun. They seem to be having fun. Yeah, we wouldn't have to watch a movie. That seems like a plus. That would be a huge plus, especially if it's a movie like tonight. Because, Dan, what do we do on this podcast? We watch a bad movie, and then we talk about it. And, boy, howdy, did we watch a thing tonight? I it was in the shape of a movie. It was, yeah, it was like a movie-like <laughs> substance. The only proof I have that this is a movie was, is that if you go by the old Pavilion movie theater... That is still there in Brooklyn. It's becoming a Nighthawk theater. It's becoming, yeah, well, that's ir- irrelevant. But they haven't taken down the marquee <laughs> or the posters. And oh, there no. is still a poster <laughs> and uh, the sign on the marquee for Max Steel. When it's like, I'm going to walk by there tonight on the way home, I think, just to have actual evidence that this was a movie that existed in real life. Because it felt like... And then the ghost of Max Steel will appear, beckoning you into uh, the empty theater. Uh, Come in. Come in and watch me, my exploits. How could you forget my exploits, my many exploits? I really like saying the word exploits a he lot, does. Max Steele. That's, that's one of his many superpowers. Some people say adventures. I say exploits. <laughs> and he'll, uh, he'll hand you a thing, a tub of popcorn, and it looks delicious, and then you start digging into it, and it's all greasy old gross popcorn. <laughs> right, like ghost popcorn. Yeah, that's what I meant, dude. It's no, like fucking saying. Rufio shit. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> I'm just underlining your point. Someone walks into a restaurant and they're like, uh, I'll have some food, please. And they just give them an empty plate. <laughs> this is some Rufio shit. I'm supposed to imagine there's food here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, uh, And the waiter's like, the, tell it to Yelp, bangerang. <laughs> the chef is uh, a pioneer in Rufio cuisine. Our chef was actually an original Lost Boy. He came back from Neverland and decided to bring 
that exotic, unique Neverland cuisine to modern American farm-to-table cooking. Now, all of our imaginary food is imaginary sourced from imaginary farms, and it's brought to you, and we're just about seasonal imaginary ingredients, kind of letting them shine, representing what makes them best. Uh, and there's also a lot of imaginary foam. Now, <laughs> oh, that's weird. In my hometown, original Lost Boy cuisine was thinking I was eating Chinese food, but it would be maggots or worms. Uh, that's <laughs> that's a, a different, different Lost different Boy. Different kind of Lost Boy. That's uh, been a big debate in the Lost Boy community. <laughs> now, what if? Okay, here's your here's your crossover. Peter Pan takes Wendy and the other two kids, Bumpum and Bofum, or whatever their names are, Squiggy and Moog, and uh, mm-hmm. takes them to Neverland where the Lost Boys are vampires, and he wants to turn them into vampires too. Uh, Lost Boys never grow up because they're vamps, just like the kid vampire in Near Dark. Get ABC's Once Upon a Time on the Horn, because I think you have a million dollar idea. I think I'll call up my old college roommate who is a producer on Once Upon a Time. (laughs) Yeah, why don't you? And I'll suggest this to him. That's a good idea. I'll call him. To jump backwards, though, that is something that always... Jump back, kiss yourself? Yeah. (laughs) That's something that annoys me on Top Chef, though, is like every single chef is like, my sort of style of food is I just like to let the ingredients take (laughs) charge. I'm all about... I'm I'm all about real quality ingredients, whatever's good right now. What's Yeah, what's seasonal, what's good? And it's just like, yeah, great. I'm just all everybody. about really. I'm all about really delicious flavors. <laughs> I'm all about food that fills your tummy and makes you feel good. I'm about converting food into energy so you can live. I'm about giving you poop fuel that you can poop out poop later. Mm-hmm. Now, normally you would. That's what you, I serve in my restaurant. It's called poop fuel. I'm, I'm giving you the raw ore that your body can process into finished poop. <laughs> Because really, poop is the highest form of food, because it's the last form. It's been through the most amazing process of all, the human stomach. (laughs) Yeah, Dan's making his pitch to the middle person in a human centipede. (laughs) (laughs) Because Dan doesn't want to be the middle or the back. So he's like, no, 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 I'm taking the hit by being the front. I'm missing out on all this I'm giving you the good stuff. Look, you're getting the nutrients from me, too. So you're assuming that I wouldn't want to be the – I would prefer to be the back because I'm getting less poop at oh, that no, point. Oh, no, I think you're telling the back and the and – the, I think you're getting more poop in the back. Really? You're gonna, I don't think so. I think that, you know, like, who, like you got the most poop in the middle, and then the guy in the no, middle absorbs no. some of that. Poop is the shit, it, you know, literally, that your body is not absorbing because it's yeah. not nutrients or useful. Once the poop gets to the middle – there's so little nutrients in that. You got to believe the middle is pooping all of that stuff plus, plus extra. Plus, Where's that coming from? Plus the blood and stuff that he's pooping out because he's not nourished properly, and that's mm-hmm. going in your mouth, Dan, <laughs> as the back one. Because so, if you want to be the back one of this flophouse human centipede, go ahead. I don't want that job. I'll take the front. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'll take that. Hit. Everyone wants the front. No, not, not you, dude. Duh. You totally want to have your face buried in my delicious ass. <laughs> <laughs> Look, tell you this. Do I like the feel? of one of your stubbly faces rubbing against my anus? No, I don't. And yet I'm willing to take that sacrifice by getting I in told the you I would shave, dude. <laughs> okay, I appreciate that you would shave before we're centipeded. I, I, apparently this is a scheduled thing that we can prep for ahead of time. And then we're, what, going to the hospital together to get it done like a planned C-section? But, Dan, if you want to be in the back and not have your butt violated by another person's <laughs> face, go ahead. I'll take that hit. This... You can be the back and, Stu, you can 
can be the middle this, and have all the affection that comes from being in between your two closest friends. So what, like, this is a couple minutes in, that's when people are clicking unsubscribe, <laughs> delete? Yeah. Now no, I'm just thinking you. about whenever someone's like, and my mom really got to like your podcast, too. This is uh, really exciting, that one guy, like your friend, who always shows up at the live shows and asks <laughs> and about human always asks us what order we'd be in. Or what, Every order, time. Like, or what order the Ninja Turtles would be in or something like that. Uh-huh. Well, KSL, if you're listening, you're probably not because I don't know. Uh, but we'll talk about it at the next live show. So, so we watched a movie called Max Steel. Max Steel. Magician and the Legend of the Ring. <laughs> we no, watched that last man, episode. That's been a, it's, it's been a while since we watched that when oh, we talked okay. about it. So Max Steel is a movie based on a toy that had a cartoon and a series of direct-to-video Movies that Dan, you said were only released in Latin America. This is I. This is what I a factoid I found in a AV Club review. Okay, saying that all but one of them were only released in Latin America. So I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm trusting the re- research of AA Dowd in this mm-hmm. matter. Uh, so which if you're out there, AA Dowd, an amazing Dowd. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Max Steele is your basic superhero origin story. And by that, I mean it is the most basic, generic, like, I'm filler. with pu- you. Like, you find yeah. it but. on the lowest rung of the grocery store in a bag that has a white thing on it that says superhero. <laughs> I'm, with, I'm with both of you on this. Now, this if is, it wasn't for all the magic jizz. <laughs> there's a lot of magic jizz. Fair point. There's a lot of CGI magic jizz or tachyon energy, as they prefer to call it. <laughs> yeah, that's which what is, I prefer to call it. <laughs> flowing, out of, flowing out of his hands, his dad's chest. <laughs> all, all over the place. Robots man. everywhere. There's constantly... It's like, okay... Everyone who wants to make a Spider-Man movie always wants to make it a puberty metaphor. And there's always that moment where they want him to spray webs out as some kind of a joke on premature ejaculation. Like he gets excited and webs spray out. Everyone yeah, wants to do it's it. Hilarious. This movie takes that a thousand points farther where it's like every they're time keep talking about it. I want him to paint the air with his jizz. <laughs> <laughs> and every time he gets too excited, he he it risks exploding in this Jizz energy, for less, uh, uh-huh. lack of a better word. Yep. They call it tachyon energy or turbo energy in this. Mm-hmm. But we all know what it is. Mm-hmm. It's jizzergy. Yeah. So, uh, just like in Theodore Sturgeon's classic short story, <laughs> it wasn't jizzergy. <laughs> That's a deep cut. All the, it wasn't syzygy fans out there. Yeah. I haven't thought about Theodore Sturgeon in a long time. Anyway. Was he a fish who wrote short stories? <laughs> exactly, yes. No, but he was one of the inspirations for Kilgore Trout. Kurt Vonnegut's character. Okay. So that's one of those cases where the character that he's one of many influences on became better known than the person. But uh, Theodore Sturgeon wrote Baby Makes Three. I read that uh, one. Or rather, More Than Human, which was built off the short story Baby Makes Three. More Than Human, which is a great book. He wrote uh, To Marry Medusa, which is a great book. Mm-hmm. He wrote a lot of great short stories. Theodore Sturgeon, everybody. Let's hear it for him. Yeah. Come he's on, over everybody. Here. Come out. Come out, Teddy. Hey, it's me, Theodore Sturgeon. <laughs> hey, oh, you are a fish. I am a fish. Let me get my... Oh, I can't reach my hat because my fins are too short. <laughs> yeah, it's a great hat, Can you though. just get that hat off me, Elliot? <laughs> yeah, sure. Let me get that from you. Oh, take it easy with those hands. Uh, okay, when I mean, you asked me to remove your hat, uh, are fish afraid of hands? I'm afraid of hands because I don't have one. Now, can I have my cigar back, Dan? <laughs> 
Uh, sure, here's your stogie, buddy. <laughs> oh man, that was some great character work. That I was just great. Did. <laughs> really painted a word picture of this theater surgeon fish man. Well, what I think is when you go into the room, you just got to use all the like. You got to do some uh, mm-hmm. prop work. Look, well, I you used the space. You really look, did. I don't throw around the words SNL audition piece ready. Often, but I think that that I want to use it in this case. <laughs> I now I love the idea of going before Lauren Michaels and being like, "All right, are you familiar with the works of mid-century science fiction author Theodore Sturgeon? Are you familiar with the author of st- of erotic science fiction novel Starbody? Well, take a listen to this, and then you turn around and muss up your hair and put a hat on. Mm-hmm. Start talking like a fish. I would. There's part of me that would love. To get the opportunity to audition for SNL and just deliberately blow it with the <laughs> shittiest stuff. That would be so fun. It'd be like, I, have you ever gone? I've gone into job have interviews. Have I ever auditioned for SNL? No, I've not. But I've gone into job interviews where I was like, I don't actually fucking want this job. I don't care. And th- those are the, the job interviews that go by far the best. Yeah, because they're not nervous. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm in there like, I don't care. They're like, what are your goals? I'm like, I don't really have any. (laughs) And they're like, oh, give us more. An empty vessel in which we can pour our objectives. (laughs) Speaking of empty vessels, Max Steel, which kind of is to the Marvel Cinematic Universe what butter, what Marvel Cinematic Universe is like butter to Max Steel's like, like a chemical lubricant that mm-hmm. okay. that they tried mm-hmm. to use as butter on popcorn, but it made people sick. Yep. Uh, it's just like, like a... Like an Alestra sort of thing. Yeah, it's like Alestra. It makes you poop. <laughs> Thanks for bringing us back to poop, Dan. I'm sorry. But it really... It's a, it's a movie that really feels very generic. And it you, fall, you go through the regular templates of... Teen guy, he's handsome and buff. He's in a. He just moved into Whatever town. Whatever happened? There's a new boy in the neighborhood. He lives downstairs. Thank you, he, Dan. Whatever happened to the predictability of getting a teen hero that looks like a fucking wimp for a change? Nope. I'm tired of all these fucking hot boys all shredded up. They're supposed to get shredded after they become a superhero. Instead, they already look like heroes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> They're supposed to go from zero to hero. They're going to hero to hero, which is not yeah. an interesting arc. And Unless it's a hero sandwich that's turning go- into a gyro. If I can... Th- <laughs> like a werewolf type thing. It was bitten by a were gyro, and now mm-hmm. it turns into a gyro at night. Yep. It, uh, I don't know. So, <laughs> I don't even I want to do this. I love the Stuart bailed out. He, like, hit the ripcord. He's like, this is not a, this is not a valid <laughs> alley to go down. It's like Stuart saw a brick wall in front of him, and he just swerved out of the way at the last minute. <laughs> So what I'm saying is, if I'm a kid... <laughs> like, should I take a shortcut through Crime Alley? Nah, I think I'll just take the regular way home. Do, 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 do. So I'm going to get back on the highway, okay. and I want to talk about how if I was a fucking cool teen, or I wasn't even that cool of a teen, <coughs> and I'm watching, I'm watching this guy, and I'm like, I already want to be the kid before he gets fucking powers. <laughs> He's really handsome. He's ripped. He's got fucking He's got a t- drunken master playing on TV He's behind him. a TV in his room that only plays kung fu movies, and good ones. Yeah. He's living the life. He's got this great solar system mobile his dad made for him. Uh-huh. His mom's Maria Bello. Yeah. Inventor of the Bellows. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> That's right. You might know her as a hat, hat detective. Hat cop. From hat cop. The hat cop show on NBC. <laughs> but what was the name of that show? It was like a character's name, uh, right? It was... 
It was based on an English show yeah. uh, for a character that also had so, a hat. Yeah, that, <laughs> so was that was Chapeau, Chapeau Cop. That was Chapeau Bobby. <laughs> Did they ever explain? Like, I mean, Chapeau is a French word. I know, but it's just classier. That's all. <laughs> was that like one of those things like how on The Strain they gave Corey Stahl that like hilariously bad hairpiece? Yeah. And the reason they're like, oh, it's going to matter in the story at some point. And about two se- I made it about two seasons through and I'm like, there's no reason for it. I'm still wearing this crazy hairpiece. Sometimes it's just about building a character, you know? In yeah. some, some places, characters are welcome. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> it's like I punched Stuart in the face. <laughs> like, 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 he just stopped, like... Uh, the... Yeah, do you... Th- I mean, do you think it's all for, like, a moment where they're gonna play, like, a Puddle of Mud song and he's gonna, like, slowly buzz his head or something? Uh, probably. <laughs> so, Max Steele. Mac, so Max McGrath moves into town. He's a new kid. Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray? Uh, no, Max McGrath, <laughs> son of James McGrath, the science genius, and mm-hmm. also ripped. Like, Oh, my God, his, dude. His dad is basically like Patrick Warburton's gym partner is the way I would describe him. If you can look good wearing a pair of fucking chinos and no shirt— I fucking salute you. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason that he does, he goes shirtless in his science lab while he's working on his magic, his magic jizz energy to stop aliens from eating the earth. Yeah. And like, and I just made the movie sound way more interesting than and it And he's is. about to fight these, these aliens, and he's like, I'm just going to take off my shirt. I'm going to keep wearing these work pants. <laughs> Why would like, you he, think he, he would have, have like some kind pants of, off? He didn't want to do the rain. Yeah, but don't you think he'd well, like have some other kind of pants on? <laughs> like <laughs> what, like Zubas or something? Or Zubas? Yeah. yeah, I mean, for movement, I would say yeah. But I mean, like if maybe like tights. Yeah. It makes sense if they're cargo pants, because then you've got all that cargo that you're transporting. <laughs> yeah, like the transporter. That's why they call him that, right? Because <laughs> yeah. he wears cargo pants? He wears right. cargo pants, that's yeah. He, he put that woman in one of his pockets <laughs> and transported her around. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great if the, if the transporter got out of his car and he's wearing some, like, Jenko jeans? And they're like, oh, we can carry a million people there's, in those. There's even, like, a wrench through the, like, wrench holder or whatever sure, it is. Yeah. Or the hammer strap. Yeah. So Max Steele, he's a quiet kid. Uh, long story short, one day out of nowhere, oh, his mom and he move into a house next to an abandoned science facility. He out of nowhere one day he starts affecting electronic objects with his hands, making them go crazy wazy, and eventually he's just trailing this this stringy energy from his hands. Yeah, and we say stringy and- like that's why we talk about it like jizz energy because it looks like you know like. Sperm <laughs> floating around. Yeah, it does. but he also like. There's a lot of him just looking at it, waving his hand, and you're like, "So this kid's just high." Is that what's happening? Well, it's like a mix of that, and it's like it, like there's literally a moment where he's playing around with his fucking jizz energy, loses control, and like knocks the power out, and his mom's <laughs> like, "What are you doing? Are up you there? doing something in there, Max? Just jizzing, mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't don't come in, mom." I don't have magic powers. I'm just manipulating my penis until it ejaculates. <laughs> All right, up there. You better not have magic powers, though. Anyway, he goes to school and is immediately hit by a truck, driven by a cute girl. Mm-hmm. And it is the it is a meat cute in that the two of them are instantly mm-hmm. in love. He's a slab of meat. And he's a slave. Oh, man. She's cute. She's cute, and he's meat. It's called Ham Boy. <laughs> it's the story of a boy made out of ham. <laughs> It's bad enough being a teen when you're not made out of lunch meat. Hi, I'm Hamboy. <laughs> Welcome to my world. It's called Diary of a Wimpy Hamboy. Can I su- can I support you on Patreon? <laughs> uh, sure, go ahead, please. 
and he has more problems, blah, blah. Electricity comes out of his hands. We all know that. Anyway, long story short. He tries to get to the bottom of his dad's death. Yes, um, he does some Google searching because apparently he was told a tornado hit the very science facility they just moved back next to. And that's, that's weird. That's where his dad got killed. So did he? Does he get any answers from Andy Garcia? Andy Garcia, his dad's business partner, Miles, does not give him any answers. He doesn't look like a Miles. No, Miles Silverberg looks like Miles okay. or Murphy Brown. <laughs> yeah, or Miles O'Keefe. Those are the two poles of Miles. There's <laughs> mile. They're miles apart. Shut up! Shut <laughs> up. You goddamn you! Hey guys, you can't spell smiles without Miles. <laughs> oh fuck off! Uh, the Andy Garcia doesn't tell much, but while they're having dinner, he Andy Garcia and his family, a, a robot breaks out of some other science institution, and Max seems to have some kind of mental link with it. This robot turns out to be named Steel, and he's a little flying bot who flies <laughs> around and speaks like, in a lot of slang, but doesn't know what a mom is. Like, they're really playing fast and loose with what things the robot understands and what he doesn't. So Miles is like, hey, just try to stay cool. And he goes, but I can't control my core temperature, Max. But then later, the robot is like, hey, just trying to keep Coolio, keep it on the DL, you know. And it's like, what? Hold, hold on a second. Are you telling me that did he like upload every slang into his every episode of Hollywood Squares and he's familiar <laughs> with the character Coolio? <laughs> but uh, and uh, he's the robot is voiced by what's his name? From Big S- Head from S- Silicon Valley. And uh, he he does a fine job. Is that, wait, is that his the actor's name or the yeah, character? Yeah, that's, that's the actor's name, James Big Head. Dan, no, you a, know that I don't watch Silicon Valley out of protest character. because it's a comedy and it should have been called Silly Con Valley. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. That's a fair point. Yeah. Take that, Mike Judge. <laughs> okay. Uh, you can take it. Yeah. Uh, All the way to the bank. <laughs> the riverbank. <laughs> Where Ratty is and Mole. Look at them. <laughs> Wiling away their days yep. in a boat. Time for them to meet Pan, the nature god. <laughs> in, in the, the weirdest <laughs> chapter of that book. Of Wind in the Willows. <laughs> oh. What if it was called Wind in the Willow? And it was about Willow from the movie Willow, and he's got gas. Mm-hmm. And Willow from Buffy the Vampire Slayer shows up. Also, Mitt Gas. <laughs> but anyway, Max has this rela- like this, you know, like this relationship with this robot. A real, they're a they're, real robot and Frank. Yeah, they're, they're a real yeah. Ratchet and Clank. It's a real they're, batteries are included some for some reason. Yeah. It's a real. What are the? So they hang out and bullshit a lot, and the robot seems to dole out. Uh, little bits of exposition and like memories. The robot will be like, you have tachyon energy and I feed off of it. I have to feed it off of you or else you'll explode if it builds up too much. But why is that? I don't remember. Let, let's get to the next level and then mm-hmm. we'll unlock my memories. And then a bunch of dudes show up and start shooting Some bullets at them. Mercs in black vans and black suits are firing guns. It's a real... X like X and Sever have teamed up to go after Max, and they are ballistic. Wait, wait hold on. Normally they are versus each other. Uh, that's what's so crazy about it. Is usually it's X versus Sever. It's the story we've all come to know and love. It's <laughs> been passed down for tale. generations, and it's, it's like ballistic. The hair. <laughs> but now it's like they've gone really ballistic. And X, and X was like, "Hey, the enemy of my enemy is my friend," uh-huh. and I guess Max Steele is my enemy, and Sever also doesn't like my enemy. So I guess we're friends now. Yeah. At any point, does Sever clarify? I've never seen the film. <laughs> does Sever ever clarify that the last name is pronounced Seaver? Oh, that would change things. <laughs> yeah. And well, just that, what kind of last name is E-C-K-S-X? Yeah, that's true. Okay. 
What it was X versus Seaver, and it was just a divorce thing mm-hmm. where a guy named Seaver is in court with his ex, mm-hmm. but she is ballistic. <laughs> no matter what, the important thing is jokes about, ballistic. <laughs> jokes, just remember. jokes about X versus Sever being a court case is pretty topical right now. I'm glad we're really touching on that. I mean, even when X versus Sever came out, those jokes were not topical. That is maybe the most resounding what? That a movie was ever greeted with was maybe Skidoo was the only movie that was greeted I with love, more bafflement by America. X versus Sever, where everyone was idea. like, "Are we? Our are favorite, we supposed to know our favorite characters? <laughs> X and Sever finally finding each other. Oh, like, the battle we've been waiting for wait, for years, guys. This, we got to clarify this. We got to clarify this. Colon ballistic <laughs> it was ballistic. We, we know. Colon X versus Sever. Yeah, we got to know how how crazy this this fight is. Now, it's now, ballistic. X sever. We knew it was going to happen, but is it a real? Like, are they ballistic? <laughs> Let's make sure the audience knows that. <laughs> now we've been talking about it for like five minutes now, and it's still funny enough that I just like beer just went on my nose. Now in the in the tra- in the trailer, do the two lead characters just have people saying their name over and I over so whole, that it like grinds into oh, the like audience? The ad for the movie Mumford where it was like Mumford. Mumford, Mumford. I hate it when trailers do that. Mm-hmm. That's everybody's talking about Ferris Bueller. Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. Don't see the new uh, Baby Driver trailer. No, it just bothers me because it's like, am I supposed to be surprised that, like, this character must be exciting? Everyone in the movie is saying his name. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of demand among characters but in also, this movie to know about the main character. It's not like, you can't be just like, Everyone would be like, this guy has a crazy name. He's like, yeah, the screenwriter fucking wrote him with a crazy name, dude. But it would be a different thing if it was like a famous character who's finally, it was like, and there's only one thing that can solve this crime. Frankenstein? Frankenstein? Frankenstein. Frankenstein P.I. or something like that. (laughs) Like, then I'd be like, okay, I get, it's exciting to hear that name many times because I've got a lot of built up enthusiasm for that. Oh, yeah, yeah, like Godzilla, 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 Godzilla. Exactly, Yeah. yeah. But it's like, Godzilla, 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 Godzilla. That's how you would do it. <laughs> to show that Godzilla is all things to all people. Godzilla. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The kaleidoscope of characters. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, a real Rashomon Citizen Kane type thing where everyone has a different view on Godzilla. Oh, yeah. And there's different stories. And in all of and you're trying to figure out, whoa, did, was Godzilla a hero? Was he a zero? Yeah. Was mm-hmm. he actually a monster or was he just some dude? Mm-hmm. Who so had a Dan, bad day. Yeah, that's me. What's going on with Max Steele? Uh, where are so we So he's got off? this robot buddy, but they're Wait on the run. You're not Dan. <laughs> well, you weren't answering the question. And so and he, he needs that Stuart robot because the robot has to suck off his excess juice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's not the way the movie puts it. But yes, the robot has to absorb his excess energy, which comes out in strands. Yeah, because he's a teen. He can't control all that excess energy. And the robot's like, oh, yeah, give it to me. Fill me up. Mm-hmm. I might be paraphrasing. <laughs> Uh, the long story short, in something that will surprise no one, he gets superpowers from being close to this robot, and they can combine so that he has some kind of mecha suit on him. Because mm-hmm. at this point, that I really wished I was watching The oh Giver. Oh my god, it's basically a bad The Giver. And The Giver is not great. Mm. It's pretty fun. Are we? To- Wait, which The Giver are we talking about? The, first, the live action first one. See, I'm talking about the original. Oh, the anime? The original manga. Oh, I see. <laughs> Well, sorry. Well, anything where you have uh, tons of giant monsters fighting a dude with a, like, organic uh, armor suit that shoots giant lasers out of its chest. Yeah. That's awesome. Give me more of that. 
Guys, what if MacGyver was just an Irish version of the Giver? That would be great. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing telling me that I mean, it was what was MacGyver then? Was he Scottish or Irish? That's what I'm saying. But uh, he already kind of is that. Yeah, but he's not. A, he doesn't have like a mecha suit. That's, oh, I see. He doesn't have like an alien parasite bonded no. with him. So That's why'd right. you bring up MacGyver? Because I said, what if MacGyver was an Irish version of the Giver? Oh, why I thought you said an Irish version of MacGyver. No. <laughs> Wow, this was just a real cul-de-sac of a conversation. Yeah, let's get back to Max Steele, so we don't have to do any more of your offensive Irish humor. <laughs> oh, I powered my potatoes. Look, that's offensive, this Dan. Is the, this is the ethnic humor tradition that vaudeville was built on. All right, it's true. He makes a good point, and this is nothing if not a vaudeville show. So anyway, Max Steele's now officially a superhero. Uh-huh. Although it's kind of more like a superhero. And Every time him, he gets in a fight, he fucking he loses his suit, and he's just like. Like rolling around with his Just robot nude. buddy. Now totally is, nude balls. No, and, his his shirt, and his shirt is all <laughs> shredded up like some fucking Swiss cheese. You can't wear a shirt without getting full of holes. Now, here's something to, to, that to look forward to if you're watching this. Of course, he does some parkour training in the abandoned science facility, looking like, as Stuart pointed out, Billy Elliot, or as I would say, Footloose. Mm-hmm. Like, he is one step away from just being, oh, I'm dancing away my anger in this abandoned warehouse. Ah! Yep. So yeah, Elliot's saying if you're looking for some parkour tips, you can watch this movie. <laughs> uh, first tip: get a robot buddy who controls your energy jizz, yeah. so that you can do amazing parkour without any training. Mm-hmm. Now he's being hunted down by an evil alien called an Ultra Link. They mm-hmm. make tornadoes, and he defeats one narrowly and discovers, uh oh, it's actually just a floating little robot like his buddy Steel. Uh, was Steel? Did Steel actually kill his father? No, Steele says, I was working with your father, and I remember more of it now. Let's experience some memory, shall we? This is a movie that is full of cutscenes where, at, like in a video game, the level would stop and you just watch some backstory for a while. That's this mm-hmm. movie. Your codec would ring, and you would have to talk to whoever is going through weird life problems. And also, then you keep, continue with the game for a couple of seconds. Yeah. Also, this movie is so lazy when it comes to the villain because it doesn't really explain, like, these ultralinks. It's just like, okay, there's, like... There's These, good aliens. A bad, there's a bad. There's alien. a bad version of Steel, basically, and we're not going to learn anything about their motivations or why they're here or anything. <laughs> they want to. They want to eat bad. the world or something. Yeah. yeah. They're All like right. when Warren Ellis redid Galactus for the Ultimate Universe, and he was like a hive mind of bugs or something. <sighs> really made Stuart mad. <laughs> Anytime you reimagine a dude who's like a giant purple man <laughs> as uh, something that's more realistic. Get out of here. Fuck that. If you don't want giant purple men, what are you doing in the world of comics? <laughs> Go back to just tweeting about how much you love your, your portable communications technology. I'm just saying I like the, uh, like, I mean, Galactus was a Jack Kirby character, right? Very much so. And that's what's so great about it. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean eventually, the one silly thing was that he had a big G on his chest. That's mm-hmm. awesome. But then they got so rid of that. So everyone knows that he's Galactus. <laughs> but he has... The- <laughs> like, Wait, hold on. Which guy who are you the watcher? Are you which one of the guys who eats plants? Just every time he lands on any planet, he goes, "I hope you guys speak and read English, or else my costume's not going to make <laughs> as much sense." One of my what do they call him? The is like emissaries, heralds. Yeah, one of my heralds told me you guys recognize this letter. <laughs> I don't know what it means myself. I just slapped it on. Well, it's like whenever they in- keep me current with the trends of normal, normal sized folks. <laughs> yeah. I call them normal sized folks, even though to me I'm normal. <laughs> and now it's time to twerk as I. I've heard is very popular nowadays. <laughs> Damn Daniel, etc. 
<laughs> now for one of those drops. Boom. <laughs> he does have, Galactus has the best helmet of any comic book character. Yeah, it's a, I love awesome. that design so much. Anyway, so he finds out, he thinks Steel is bad, turns out Steel is not bad. The villain is, surprise, surprise, it's Andy Garcia. Of course it is. Yeah. He betray, he's betrayed uh, Max's dad and was working with In the Ultralinks. In a fantastic flashback where his hair got super crazy. That's why you know he's a bad guy. And the best thing about the beginning of these flashbacks is, a lot of the movie from this point on becomes extreme close-ups of the characters with colored filters on their faces going, as they propel energy jizz out of their bodies. <laughs> and it is even more like, okay, this is just like angry porn. And this guy is angry and he is just letting loose. He's just so mad about the sex he's having. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Andy Garcia tracks down, no, or Max tracks down Andy Garcia and they have a power suit fight. Andy Garcia has built a battle suit that absorbs tachyon energy. And Andy Garcia gets a little bit of like the bad guy speech stuff going on. And yeah. he's, you know, he's pretty fun. Give me the energy, I need it. They go fighting for a while. Max keeps getting his butt handed to him by I'm just trying who, to say Andy Garcia, you know, he delivers an okay performance in this one. He does fine. As you said, his voice gets sillier as it goes on. <laughs> yeah, he gets way Brooklyn-y. <laughs> uh, Ma- Max is not doing well. He's not good at fighting. Luckily, he gets a respite when all the mercs who were, who were chasing after him before, the hitmen, who we learned are working for his mom... They attack Andy Garcia, and Andy Garcia kills all of them. Yeah. And then Max is like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to give him what he wants. And he pulls the oldest really, trick really in wants. the book. Yeah. Uh, he wants what I want. He really, I want, I want to, he really, really, really wants a zig a zig Yeah. Which is a weird MacGuffin for the movie to have. Yeah, mm-hmm. that it turns into it's it a backdoor into... Spice Girls pilot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that it, at the end, he, he the oldest trick in the book, I'll give you the power you want, too much power, and you won't be able to handle it. Send it into turbo energy, steel, and he shoots him full of turbo energy, and he what explodes or something. Yeah, there's a, the, there's the great moment of like he's like, I'll give you what you want. He's like, perfect, I love it. He's like, I'm gonna give you too much. And he's like, no, I'm dying. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Max wins the day. His t-shirt is full of holes. Steel is a okay. Oh, he is spent. They the laziest we- possible Max thinking that Steel has died in the battle happens where Max is lying on the ground and Steel is next to him. Max is like, Steel. Steel, talk to me. Steel. Actually, Max Magician, thinking that his mouse buddy was dead, Mm -hmm. was done better than this. (laughs) Of the two Maxes, I would watch Max Magician again in a heartbeat. Uh, But anyway, but everything's okay, and his mom reveals to him, oh, you can do all this because... What? What? What, your what dad's is, an alien. Oh, I thought his stepmother was an alien. Uh, no, that's a different movie, but you thought your family was crazy. <laughs> but mom and dad saved the universe, so it's okay. Was it mom yeah. and dad saved the universe? Or save, save the, the world. Save the world. Save the world. Right. Yeah. And, and was, stay tuned. You thought <laughs> your family was weird. Oh, what did I th- say? Crazy. Oh, and you thought you were, oh, sorry. I'm getting all my movies that. You're all your bad movies. All the movies that I looked at the boxes at the video store a ton mm-hmm. of times, then when I finally watched them, was disappointed. You didn't see up. Mom and Dad Save the World in the theater? No, actually, I didn't see that until it was on HBO, and then I saw it a couple of times. Yeah. That's a movie that, in my mind, will always be linked with Stay Tuned, even though they have nothing to do that's with each other. That's why I they're, said it. They're they're kind of, <laughs> that's why Stuart mentioned oh, did you Stay say Tuned. That right now? Yeah, yeah. Stay Tuned, I saw that's in the theater. A, Stay Tuned's a movie where John Ritter dresses up like Salt and Pepper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stay Tuned was a movie Stay that. Stay Tuned has a Chuck Jones interlude in it. Sure. And then Godzilla shows up in there, some kind of giant monster. 
That's a, and Jeffrey Jones is in it. That's a movie that my family saw that in the theater. Does Jeffrey Jones play a good guy? Uh, no, he plays the villain, as is usually the case. <laughs> like in the real world. <laughs> uh, we saw that movie, my family. And in MTV's The Real World. Let me give you. Where he came in and he molested all the cast members. <laughs> They're not even kids. <laughs> Sorry. Libelous it really going. makes Ferris Bueller feel very different. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. To have a movie where Jeffrey Jones is chasing a high school boy for the entire movie. And says literally one point, your ass is mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, anyway, when my family went to see Stay Tuned in the theaters, guess what our reaction was? <laughs> Did you not stay tuned? We loved it. <laughs> and it became a regularly rented film in our house. I actually, yeah, I've got a lot of fondness for Stay Tuned. It is a dumb Is that movie, the number one okay. rented movie in your household? No, by far, the Gremlins duology was the, number, oh, okay. was the most rented by me. I would rent Gremlins... Almost every week at different points, and my fa- it took a long time for my parents to be like, "We should just buy you a copy of Gremlins because that would cost twenty dollars, and you've been spending four dollars a week for thirty weeks." You know? Really? Because there was that long. It it, it was really <coughs> weird the the break between when VHS tapes were like a hundred dollars at a store if you wanted to buy a new one. Well, that was built in for the rental market in yeah. order to give rental stores time to make money. It was agreed, okay, we'll put them out for like 100 bucks, and then after a few months, they'll cost like $10 yeah. or $15. I, I think in, in my house, the number one rented movie was uh, Ski Patrol. Okay, interesting. Uh, my, uh, me and my brother watched that movie all the time, although I don't remember it, but if I'm sure if I watched it, I would remember every <laughs> single moment. And Dan, what, what was yours? I don't think we rented Manual movies in over space. and over again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we did multiple rentals of the same movie. I mean, I had I had movies that I like taped off of television that I watched over and over again, like, like Heather's uh, like or Night Army Eyes. of Darkness. But uh, yeah, Night Eyes. I was a little younger than Heather's and Army of Darkness age when I was renting Gremlins. Yeah, well, you're a little younger than me. Uh, okay, I'm just. I guess those movies didn't factual, kick in where I was until it's just a factual thing. I'm not. It's not a judgment. But what did call. you rent when you? What did you watch a lot when you were a little kid? Uh. I don't know, like the Muppets or something? Yeah, didn't you watch like Repossessed a million times with Leslie Nielsen and all that hilarious nudity? <laughs> hilarious nudity. I mean, there's they're jokes. There's joke sound effects when there's nudity. Yeah, that, that's was, right. It was the Portlandia. Because boobs are it. automatically funny if there's a boing sound. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It was the Portlandia of its day in that they threw a lot of cartoon sound effects into yeah. it. Which is one of my favorite things about Portlandia. Anyway, so Max Steele turns out his dad's an alien He's half alien, and that's how he can control tachyon power, and we're set up. Oh, and he goes over to that girl who he's been flirting with the whole movie, and he shows her a picture he drew of her surrounded by polygons, tetrahedrons, and we know that that represents his semen, but she doesn't know that, so she thinks it's adorable. And she kisses him, and and, uh, that's the end of the movie. Fade to black. Yeah. And And then you see Andy Garcia's claw bursts out of the ground. Oh, I wish. (laughs) It says Max Steel will return in Nothing. Max Steel Two, stealing it. Max Steel Two, steal, steal, <laughs> steal alive. Mm-hmm. Steal alive is probably mm-hmm. the best one. Yeah. Electric steel aloo. <laughs> nope. Uh, go back. It might want <laughs> reverse. Uh, so Max Steel was kind of like here's what I how I describe it best. Yep. You're at your grandparents for the weekend and you're a kid. Okay. Yeah. And you're and Grammy wants to take a nap and she knows you don't want to take a nap. So she turns on the TV, 
hey, it looks like there's some kind of super Superman hero movie on. You like them Marvel Supermans. Yes. Why don't you watch this while Grammy closes or rests her eyes a little bit? And then you do. <laughs> You're making me <laughs> very sad about this fictional Grammy. Grammys like to nap. No, I know. Does this this Grammy- happened to me many times. I'd spend the, a, day, a weekend at my grandma's, and she would be like, Grammy needs to rest her eyes. Why don't we, <laughs> let's see what dinosaur-related movie is on television. Because there weren't a lot of superhero movies at the time. And anything that was remotely related to dinosaurs, just turn it on. I'd watch that for hours. Would she know, just- then retire to her bedroom where she would look at like a cameo or something <laughs> yeah, of, of a of person her like- from the war? <laughs> <laughs> you guys uh, are genuinely making me wait, sad this, about this fictional character that wait, you did this, why would this fictional Grammy also uh has not, won a Grammy, yes. Would you, <laughs> wow. First spoken much, word. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, she was and, she was in contention with Henry Rollins, but she beat him out. <laughs> she beat Henry Rollins in Jello Biafra. She uh so with this Grammy uh at the you know after the kids have gone to bed, sneak outside and uh, wait. No, no, no. Let me go back. Would she <laughs> go out there with the kids and plant uh, scraps of crayons in the ground? And then when the kids are asleep, go out and replace them with little crayons sticking up out of the ground? Because that's what my Grammy used to do. Oh, that's really sweet. No, yeah. that's really cute. The Grammy in my memory was lived in an apartment building, so we couldn't do that. There's, there's not a single uh, square yard of tillable earth. No, on in the East Fifties in Manhattan. No, there is not. Okay, all right. Not at on the not when you're on a thirteenth or fourteenth floor of a building. So let's talk. Let's stop talking about our grandmas. <laughs> uh, I I realize you haven't said anything about your grandma, Dan. Uh, Dan, they were both us, very nice. Tell us one nice thing about a grandma. Uh, it sounds like you've got a lot of rage towards grandmas. I know. I don't have a lot of rage towards grandmas. Well, well, I'm who, someone's getting a little a little angry. I'm right now. sad at this picture that you're painting of this fictional grandma she's got a loving grandchild she's got a nice life she gets to rest for a little mm-hmm. bit sounds to me like this is heaven it sounds pretty <laughs> sounds like heaven <laughs> i just don't like, like I as, don't... as someone with a small yeah, yeah, child yeah. i would love to be able to say here watch this i'm gonna go rest my eyes for a little bit you know and i did some, do that this weekend for some people cars. it's walking through a field of wheat and run your hands <laughs> through it for other people, it's resting your eyes while a kid watches dino <laughs> right. movies. Let's uh, do a final judgment on this, whether this is a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie you kind of liked. Stuart, what do you think? Uh, <laughs> it's like the movie. On one hand, I like I like all the jizzing, <laughs> whether it's our hero, like, coming to terms with his jizzing abilities. Coming to terms. <laughs> yep. Or whether it's the sequences where the dudes with their tachyon powers just give all their extra tachyon powers and totally look like they're in a porno movie. I think that's <laughs> hilarious. But it's. So you were a, saying you would watch a super cut of those scenes? Yeah, totally. Uh, but uh, no, this is not a very good movie. Bad, bad. Uh, this movie is interesting in that it. It's like an interesting experiment in cutting a movie down to the barest minimum of thing that needs to be in it to be a movie. But that experiment almost relies on you having seen other movies beforehand to fill in those gaps for yourself. Uh, That's kind of how I describe a lot of the Zack Snyder movies. I feel like he makes makes logical leaps with his filmmaking where he is just like, ah, people have seen enough movies. They're going to know what I'm talking about. Yeah. 
But he's doing just, that so he can get to a super badass slow-mo fight in a men's ba- bathroom. Uh-huh. But I would prefer <laughs> it to be a slow-mo <laughs> fight between a dude just coming super hard and Andy Garcia. Out of his chest. <laughs> yeah. Into Andy Garcia. Rather than Andy Garcia and the other guy just like sort of like squinting at each other really hard. Not interested. Uh, I Yeah, this movie moved fast enough that I didn't hate it. But it's a bad, bad movie at heart. I feel like I can't even grade it because it like barely exists as a movie. It's like it it is so basic and so generic that it like doesn't reach the level that I want to even deign to call it bad. I mean, bad. according to Rotten Tomatoes, it's zero percent. That means it doesn't exist, it's, right? Yeah, scientifically. <laughs> uh, there's this in uh, there's an MST3K episode called The Screaming Skull. Where a lot of the movie is just this woman wandering around a house, not in a good House of the Devil way, mm-hmm. and someone refers to one of the one of the bots. I think makes a joke about this is what happens when you have five minutes a movie and then you put an hour and a half of packing peanuts in to fill mm-hmm. it up, and that's what this movie feels like. It like feels like you, you had like a few of the basic ingredients for a movie, and you're like, I'll just put in movie filler. Like I'll just fill in the rest with sawdust. That's this movie. A stirring rebuke to Max Steele. Uh, deal with it, Max Steele. Uh, but we should move on. That being said, it was screenwritten by a comic book writer and I, whose series Scarlet Spider I enjoyed. All right. So there's that. Sure. Ben, we've been accused of so many things over the course of making The Greatest Generation the Star Trek podcast that we're a little bit embarrassed to be making. The embarrassment lies squarely on us, and you can listen anonymously and safely. Would you like to meet up for some anonymous podcast listening? This is a podcast you definitely won't want your parents to find on your phone when you pass away suddenly. (laughs) (laughs) Discovered by an innocent hotel maid. They'll make up something else at your funeral. Something more tasteful, like you were listening to Bullseye. We, of course, have permanently shamed ourselves by making this podcast and putting our real names on it, but you don't have to. It's a regret we feel several times a week. Subscribe and delete The Greatest Generation, a Star Trek podcast. Yes, we are actually making a Star Trek podcast. We should submit that one. (laughs) Big news in the world of Max Fun. The Max Fun Drive is coming up. And we are working hard on some of the best episodes of the year. And when I say we, not just us, everyone at Max Fun is putting together some of the top episodes I mean, of the year. I guess they're working harder than us. No, we. I mean, we've got a we've got a trick or two up our sleeve, but I would, yeah, I would, I wouldn't, <clears throat> I wouldn't argue with that. Uh, Stuart seems like he has something. to I mean, say. you might want to say that we like one of the things that we're doing. Because mm-hmm. so people aren't like, don't like shit their pants when it happens. Oh yeah, because that's what happens with people. Uh, <laughs> we're people gonna be are, doing an extra episode. We're putting out an extra episode, people. What? That's extra work on our part. That is actually extra you. work. What? Uh, because. Uh, being, being part of the Max Fun is at least I'm going to speak for myself, and I think the guys will back me up. Nope. Uh, being part of <laughs> the Maximum Fun Network is a big deal for us. Uh, it feels like a great community. They're really supportive of us, and uh, they make it easy for us to be supported by our listeners. So if we can, uh, if we can try and do a little bit of extra stuff uh, for you guys, um, I I think it's awesome, and I think yeah. it's and. 
So I thought this was a great opportunity to do another extra special episode. Yeah, the drive actually starts uh, a couple days after this drops. It starts on uh, Monday. Uh, and tune in during Whereas the drive. we're going to call it Fun Day for Max Fun. <laughs> <laughs> sure, why not? Where are you going to call it that? All over the place. Uh, at the Denny's DMV. Nationwide. <laughs> at the place you're buying soup from. <laughs> at the community pool. Uh-huh, yeah. Down at the docks. When I do my show at the VFW Hall. <laughs> Over at uh, the the wine tasting. I'm going to climb to the top of Liberty's torch yeah. and just shout it to the heavens. Uh, tune in during the drive to catch these extra awesome episodes and hear about the exclusive thank you gifts we have in store for new and upgrading members. They're amazing stuff. Plus, this will be your chance to show your support for the Flophouse and help Max Fun reach its highest goal ever. Which is ten thousand new and upgrading Max Fun members. You can do it. Talk up Max Fun to the people who love it. And if you listen to us and you're not a Max Fun donor, hey, consider being a Max Fun donor. You're helping keep us in business. So the drive kicks off on March the twentieth and runs for two weeks. Visit maximumfun.org for details and don't miss it. And also, there's a Max Fun Meetup Day. Let's uh, mention that quickly. Uh, yeah, the uh, March twenty eighth. Uh, mm-hmm. Is the official Max Fund Meetup Day? So look in your local area. Check on uh, look yeah, up there's maximumfund.org. Maximumfund.org/meetups2017. And uh, specifically in Brooklyn, uh, if you come down to Hinterlands, that's the bar that I own. Uh, I'm going to be there. There's going to be a couple other Max Fund personalities, including I think you two guys. Uh, I can't I'm gonna pro- be there. I can't promise anything. I'm going to be there. I don't know about Elliot. What day of the week is it? It's Elliot. a Tuesday night. I just said it and I said the date. <laughs> well, Elliot's the like date. Mr. Mixoplit. Like, he may show up, he might not, but he's uh, a crazy not, little lamp. Not really a great way to describe <laughs> Mr. Mixoplit. Like. <laughs> well, what we're going to do is we're going to leave the door open and we're going to leave a seat free for Elliot. Mm-hmm. Like Elijah. Thank you. And a glass of wine, which I will not drink. Uh huh. Uh, a glass of Guinness that Elliot might drink. Oh, that I'll probably drink. Um, and I'll, there's I'll, uh, I'll, my 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 presence possible. And I think a couple other local, uh, and by local I mean New York based uh, Max Fun podcasters uh, are <laughs> told me they may come by. But the wow, most, it's mo- a lot of commitments. But coming the most out of these exciting people. thing is, <laughs> I'll be there. The most ex- well, you'll meet Dan. He's got lots of time. And the most exciting thing is, you'll be able to. Make other friends in the Max Fun community because Max Fun is not just about listening to stuff and then shutting yourself off from the rest of the world. It's about connecting, communicating, and convivializing. That means living together. Oh, that's nice. And one of the nice things about my bar, Hinterlands, is I think it's the only bar where you can have a Max Fun podcaster cook your sandwich for you. <laughs> I think that until until John Hodgman opens up his sandwich restaurant, yes. I mean, he's going to be working the grill on the, on that Tuesday. <laughs> I would love, then I would definitely stop by. If he's working the grill like an old-time diner cook, and he had like so a half apron slow. and an undershirt. It would drive and me crazy. Like, and you're like, Adam and eggs on a raft and wreck them. Uh, <laughs> I can only imagine being his like boss and just being like, "Oh, John, you're talking too much. You gotta cook. He's got a you're hair bullying nut. the customers. <laughs> Stop judging their orders." Uh, before we move on, one last uh, sort of uh, podcast-related piece of business, and that is our comic book is still available. 
Oh, great. Yeah, <laughs> it has yeah. yet to be yanked from the digital shelves <laughs> you, and put in the Flophouse vault for a new generation of fans. If you go to www.flophousepodcast.com, you have the chance to uh, get our comic that... Um, it's the first of what's going to be a series of Flophouse stories. This yes. first one was written by Daniel K. McCoy. Correct. Uh, it is The theme for these first stories is horror. And so, so it gives us a chance to uh, exercise our tales from the crypt muscles. Uh-huh. And uh, Dan's is out first, art by the amazing Roger Langridge. And uh, Stewart's is up next, and then mine will be third. And each one, you can pay anything you want from a dollar on up. All the money goes to the ACLU. All the money after costs are covered, which they already have. They been. have been. So, so all, all the money, additional money from now on is definitely going to the most ACLU. Most of the money that was already has already been given to us is going straight to the SU and everything from this point on is going to the ACLU to support their work in keeping America free and legal. Mm-hmm. Their job is to uh, uphold the uh, Bill of Rights. <laughs> well, their job is to uh, to go to court to get the Bill of Rights upheld. Sure. I mean, it's not like no, they don't have the power to do it themselves, so they bring suits, lawsuits to the court. I'm courts. just saying that, you know, like, I think that anyone on, honestly, on any uh, part of the political spectrum should be a supporter of the ACLU if you believe in the rights that are put down. If you believe in the fundamental rights of the United I'm States you. of America. I'm with you. I did, I did date a woman who worked for fundraising for the ACLU for a lot of years and she had to deal with a lot of phone calls from people telling her she worked for Satan. So that's a funny line of uh, conversation. (laughs) Anyway. Well, if you don't think that there's Satan or if you do and you like Satan, go ahead and read the exciting story, what's it called? Cosmic Bowl? Cosmic Bowl is the name (laughs) of the first Written by Dan McCoy and all that money goes to a good cause, and there'll be more stories coming out. So That hopefully won't be too much of a disappointment after Dan's great little story. Dan's is really good. Stuart's story is a lot of fun, and mine might go too far. So <laughs> let's see. So if you want to see it, then you got to keep, uh, keep honing up that cash. And hopefully the idea is if this does well enough that we can really, you know, take care, like give, give, give us a lot an of excuse money. to keep getting to do more of this. Yeah. We'll pick another theme, and then we'll all do those. Yeah. Uh, but, Stuart, I think you have our first actual sponsor of the evening. You can tell I am shifting back and forth in my seat because I can't wait to talk about this. Hey, Dan, are you hiring? I mean, not currently. Uh, shut up. Okay. <laughs> do you know where to post that job you were talking about to find the best candidate? I don't What know website where... you should post on? No, I don't know that You at know, all. Dan. Okay. <laughs> Posting your job in only one place, that's not enough to find a great candidate. But I'm lazy. I just want to post it in one place. Calm down, Dan. (laughs) If you want to find the perfect person, you need to post your job on all the top job sites. And you know what, Dan? What? Cut it out. (laughs) Dan, now you can. I can? Yes, you can post your job on all the top job sites using Zip Recruiter. Oh, but my clicking finger, I probably have, that'll hurt my clicking finger. Oh, no, Dan, you've been complaining about this finger forever. Now, you can post this job on 200-plus job sites, including social media networks like your favorites, Dan. Like 
Facebook and Facebook, the, yep. The Twitters. Yep. <laughs> Twitters. <laughs> those are the like, laziest parody versions of those two websites. <laughs> the Twitters yeah. sounds like uh, sounds like a uh, someplace people in the Midwest would go on vacation nearby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're and going up to the Twitters. Boys, and you can do that all with just a single click. So that uh, clicking uh, uh, finger, uh, 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 just one single click. Uh how is that possible? Uh, I don't know the <laughs> technology of it. I'm just kind of like a mouthpiece <laughs> slash spokesperson. <laughs> All you had to say was it's a pretty because face. of ZipRecruiter. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> if you need to find people in any city or industry nationwide, you can just post lunch. <laughs> post lunch. Yeah, sure. It's like lunch without the L, which okay, is the worst part of lunch. <laughs> Because hey, L stands Doug, for loser, so Doug, lose that, and you got a delicious unch. I'm talking to talking to Doug in the booth. Can you just pause that, <laughs> rewind it? We'll do it another time. Thanks, Doug. Doug uh, Jones, everyone. <laughs> wow, noted, really noted uh, prosthetic uh, actor, Doug Jones. <laughs> Mocap actor, yeah. yeah, Doug Jones. So you can just. <laughs> Post once. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, guys. Oh. Has this ever happened to you? You want to have a delicious unch, but you only have lunch. It's time to lose the L and get unchified with new craft unch. It's the only unch that comes pre-DL, so you don't end up with a lame lunch. Hey, everybody. It's time for your unch break. Okay. Hey, well. the unch back of Notre Dame called... He carries Unch around on his back, so you can buy it to eat in the middle of the day. Uh, Doug, yeah, okay, just, I'll do it again, okay. And right now, our the listeners- The ghost of Douglas Adams. <laughs> okay, no, Doug, okay, I'll start over. Uh, and right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's you, the listeners, for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash first. So how many times do we have to click? Just once. Okay. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash first. One more time to try it for free. Go to <coughs> ZipRecruiter slash, what was that, Dan? Dot com <laughs> slash first. Yes, perfect. Okay, I nailed that one. <laughs> yep. Thanks, Doug. Uh, Where I, I lives, Dougie Doug, everybody. Our show tonight, or whenever you're listening to this, is also <laughs> sponsored in part by Blue Apron. Not all ingredients are created equal. Fresh, high-quality ingredients make a real difference. So it's important to know where your food comes from. Now, Blue Apron is affordable. For less than $10 per person per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. You get the ingredients in the mail from Blue Apron, and then you gotta you got to zing them up. You gotta. You don't you, have to zing them up. You, you just put them together. You put them together. All the just zing comes together. portioned out you, for you already. You put them together and you zing them up and you get a you delicious. You don't have to zing them up. It comes zinged. A delicious meal. Look, you guys, has this ever happened to you? You're hungry. Probably not. Go on. <laughs> You're hungry and you don't have any food. And you get a case of Blue Apron. All right. Yep. That's when you're really hungry and you really want it and you're waiting for Oof. it. Maybe you even saw a bunch of things about food on TV, so you're really in the mood for food. Yeah, you were watching the Great British Bake Off and you're like, why did I do this to myself? <laughs> There's no food, so you get a case of Blue Apron. It happens. It's real. Anyway, you don't have to worry about that if you get Blue Apron deliveries because the food is literally coming straight to your door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's in your house. Here's some upcoming meals. You got your salmon piccata with orzo and broccoli. Yum. Pork chops and miso butter with bok choy and marinated apple. That Yum. sounds great, except for the apple part. Vegetable chili with baked sweet potatoes and crispy tortilla strips. 
spicy shrimp coconut curry with cabbage and rice. Listen, you want this food. I know it. So you can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash flophouse. That's blueapron.com slash flophouse. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Build it, beautiful. No, incorrect. <laughs> Wrong slogan. Um, but now, uh, before we move on, I think we have a couple of Jumbotrons, too. Uh, Stuart, since Elliot's on his phone, I think that that means that you should read your yeah, Jumbotron. Yeah, coming down the pipe. Later. Sorry. Five by five. Up. We got a Jumbotron. This message is for Tall Tom. The message is from J-Dog. Hey, dude. Can you believe I'm paying 100 bucks to talk to you through the original peaches? I've been drinking white boxed wine and am trying to do this via my phone. I have to write everything into a tiny text box. Sad. Happy birthday. How old are you? Hi, I'm Stuart Wellington and I eat boogers. Wow. No, I'm kidding. I love you guys and hope you never stop podding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do appreciate how every, almost every time when uh, the word U is in there, they uh-huh. replace it with the letter U, but not every single time. So excellent job, J-Dog. Yeah. And Tall Tom, happy birthday, bud. Mm-hmm. And that confession in the middle where you admit that you eat boogers. The thing is, they got to go somewhere. They're just taking up room in my nose, and they're not paying rent. Hey, why not just move them a little bit farther down? <laughs> yeah, yeah, re- yeah. Just recycling. It's a type of recycling. Yeah, you know, it's um, it's kind of like. Have you ever read Dune? I think Dan, you just got <laughs> I done just, reading. I just it. reading Dune. You loved it's it, similar right? to how like the Fremen take shits and pisses in their little outfits. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think that was how they described it. I think they never say little Arthur, outfits. <laughs> their little outfits take all that garbage and they Frank turn it into delicious like, water to drink. Yeah, I don't think Frank Herbert was like. There was a bunch of shits and pisses, and the Freeman just soaked them up again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was writing in old timey language, and I'm writing in modern day <laughs> in English. New time, yeah, slang terms. Yeah, elite speak. Yeah. So, uh, what I'm just trying to say is, you know, maybe give boogers a chance. <laughs> okay. This is a terrible This is a episode. gross episode. How about it's I all read about other, eating poop and boogers. The, how about I read this other Jumbotron, shall we? Sure. This is a message for John, and in parentheses, a thin. Who is this message from? Valerie, parentheses, from Montreal. And here's the message. What better way to wish you a happy birthday than on your favorite podcast, you make my days so much more fun and my life so much more meaningful. You also introduced me to podcasts. Thanks to you, people in the metro and on the street all think I'm a crazy person, hearing voices and laughing for no reason. I love you. Bon fête, Kitty. Aw. That's very nice. To John from Valerie. It's very sweet and very French. Yeah. Well, the, the last part especially. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm glad you didn't make me read that. I would have pronounced that weird. <laughs> yeah, how would you pronounce it? I don't know. I, can, I don't have the letter in front of me. Bonnie, Bonnie Fete. Fete, probably, yeah. Um, so, we should move on. What's the next part of this podcast, Dan? The next part of this podcast is letters from listeners, where we read letters that you, the listeners, have sent in <clears throat> to us. Uh, and the first one goes a little something like this. I've, uh, I've gotten a, a cavalcade of shorter letters this time. Okay. Thanks for staring at me while you said that. 
Sure. Um, the first letter goes like this. On a recent, I think Elliot's working on a screenplay on his phone over there. Yeah. <laughs> on a recent episode, Stuart recommended the movie Session Nine, a movie about asbestos work, a movie about asbestos workers that gets spooky. As someone who works in the trade, there's a scene in the movie that I found unintentionally hilarious. There's a movie where there's a moment where David Caruso looks at some stuff and remarks, "Yep, that's 100% crocodilite." Pronounced like a crocodile version of Dolomite. There are several problems with this, not least of which being the correct pronunciation is Crocidolite. That's abatement 101 stuff, and these guys are supposed to be professionals, so it kind of took me out of it. Maybe that's like a nickname they had for it. Yeah. Go on. My question to you guys is, has there ever been a moment in a movie where you realized you knew more about some obscure thing than the writers did? And your suspension of disbelief came crashing down. <coughs> That's from Aaron, last name withheld. Hmm. Well, that happens to me a lot in movies that involve historical facts yeah. in some way. But where it hit me a lot when I was a kid is when it would be a movie about dinosaurs. Like the aforementioned movies I would watch while my Grammy was taking a nap. Uh-huh. Uh, in which you just see things that were not true about dinosaurs, and I'd be like, "But, but that's not, but, but uh, that's not how dinosaurs work." Mm-hmm. Like when you're watching the X Men animated series, and you're like, "But that's not how it happened in the comics." There was a little bit of that too. I was like, "The Days of Future Past didn't involve Bishop, <laughs> but if it did, <laughs> um, I mean, I've I've joked about how uh, anytime there's a scene where a bartender is is working and a character says leave the bottle and the bartender just is like, okay. And leaves a (laughs) bottle of liquor on the bar. And you're like, that's crazy. What would you charge that person? (laughs) Um, so that always is weird. Or when, you know, anytime a person goes up to a bar and just orders a beer, you're like, what do you, I mean, there's a bunch on tap. It isn't like fucking 10 years ago when bars would have four beers on tap and it'd be like bud and bud light. I'm just saying. I mean, you can't go into a bar and just say, I'll have one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> one what? Like a pickled egg? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. One bowl of pretzels? It's the old surprise me. I'm like, surprise me, bartender. Give me, all mm-hmm. I know is I want one of something. Some loaded jalapeno yeah. poppers? Here's a, here's a fucking glass of chartreuse. Enjoy it. I mean, that will get you super drunk. <laughs> if it's a pint glass... <laughs> that's right. <laughs> a pint glass of the most herbal drink. Yeah, that sounds good. You don't you don't like the herbal stuff though. I do. I just don't like Fernet. You don't like Fernet Branca? No. Do you like Chinar? I, I like, don't even know I what like you're Chinar. saying. It's I don't a, know what these things are. Chinar is a uh, artichoke liqueur. Ugh, so it combines two terrible. things you like: liquor and artichokes. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> hey, how come there's no fried chicken liqueur? I'm, I guarantee you there is some kind of fried chicken flavored uh, something or other. I'm sure that there's already like bacon flavored garbage that you can drink. If you're like, why <laughs> bacon flavored garbage? <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of garbage in America is bacon flavored. Uh-huh. People eat and throw out a lot of bacon. Mm-hmm. Um, should we move on? I'm I mean, you didn't, you didn't answer. Oh. I don't have an answer. <laughs> I just ask the questions. I'm like the watcher. Okay. Uh, 
I think that kind of checks out, right? Let's see. Lives alone on the moon. Yes, mm-hmm. check. <laughs> Big bald head, check. Mm-hmm. Dresses like kind of a Roman baby man, check. <laughs> okay. Breaks his vow all the time, check. Also, okay. I just didn't have a good answer for this question. Oh, okay. So Much like The Watcher. Mm-hmm. This one. If he's the watcher, would I be the guy from What the? The superhero guy who has a pot on his head? Uh, Forbush man? Yeah. Yes, sure. And you can be Spider Ham. Oh, thank you. I would, I would love that. Peter Porker, the spectacular Spider Ham? Definitely. This next letter is from Carl, last name withheld. You know, you reminded me of the Spider Ham story I wrote that was drawn but never published. That seems crazy. Here's a tale of Marvel books unpublished. Well, Wind, wind it out. Wind so, the tail. There was a Spider Ham special that was being put mm-hmm. out. Art by Dave McKean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All, yeah. Dave McKean, all, all of the all of the favorites. Bill Sinkevich, all the classic <laughs> Spider Ham artists. Yep. Uh uh Bill Dana, whatever his name is. The, Bill Sinkevich the crazy seems guy. to be like only doing art about conservative politicians he hates now. <laughs> I think there's a lot of a lot of Artists doing that right now. Uh, so they were doing a Spider-Ham special, and I was asked, hey, would you like to write a Spider-Ham story? I said, yes, I would, very much so. And they said, I don't, I don't think it was my idea. I think they said, hey, would you want to do like a takeoff of Old Man Logan, which had just come out recently, called Old Man Spider-Ham? And I was like, I would very much like to do that. <laughs> and so it was a, an Old Man Spider-Ham story where he's given up. He's like, I've retired from adventuring. I, I, you know what? Someone have to try pretty hard to get me one last adventure. But it's clear he really wants to go back to adventuring, yeah. and he leaves his house to go find someone to drag him back into adventuring. Um, and I was told that it was decided by the higher ups that they might want to do more with the old man Logan character, and they did not want to get on the bad side of the creators of that character. They were they were going to shelve this story for now, and maybe someday it would see the light of day later. I was paid for it. It was drawn by Scotty Young. Oh shit, dude! And it's it just never got printed anyway. I like the idea though that the creators of Old Man Logan would be like reading a spectacular Spider Ham story <laughs> and being like, "What the fuck? <laughs> this is not and okay." Just, like, throw it across the room, <laughs> drawn by like award winner Scotty, Young. and he did an amazing job. Like it looks great. That's fucking crazy. So nobody's seeing that anytime. Ugh. Right. But uh, the well, uh, maybe with the success of the movie Logan, that they're they're interested in. Uh, mining the old man Logan vein has gone down. I mean, they ha- old man Logan is now a regular character in the Marvel Universe. He has his own series. They clearly did. And as it's been shown, if a character has his own series, you can't make fun of him. That's just the way it works. Unless it's Deadpool making fun of himself. Exactly. Deadpool showed up in this story, too. Wait, oh. in the Spider-Ham story? In the Spider-Ham story. So been... In the end, it turned into a joke about how Deadpool's like, are you trying to do a comic book without Deadpool appearing in it? Uh, we can't have that right now. We've been talking a long time, and uh, we haven't actually ever read the letter <laughs> that this is attached to. So, uh, so keep going. Okay, so g- do it. Uh, this is from... <laughs> <laughs> well, she's been around the world from something oh, to somethingvania, and she's <laughs> something, something, up, down, where the up, down, down, the thing... Anyway. <laughs> she went where? around to Belgium <laughs> and, and then back to Tanzania... <laughs> Tell me, where in the world is that lady who wears a hat? Well, her name is San Diego, so baby, she's in San Diego. I mean, it could we be looked Maria in San Bella. Diego, but it's a big city, so we'll need a little bit more time to look for Carmen. San Diego in San Diego. Uh, where in San Diego is Carmen San, San Diego. Diego. 
Um, well, we think we narrowed it down to the city and her name o. I mean, we think she's in this place that's called San Diego too. It's a city in her name o. <laughs> that might on be my the, favorite thing. On the track right on. now for Carmen San Diego. Come along and join us. You can look for her too. <laughs> Where in San Diego is Carmen San Diego? We checked around That's the convention center and over by life. the shore. <laughs> All right. Anyway, hi, original peaches. <laughs> I think it's I think it's great that you're making the episodes longer. Uh oh. How come you're making them longer? Best regards, Carl. Last name withheld. Well, because we have these San Diego songs that we have to get <laughs> yeah. through. It's a weird kind of laziness that involves us doing less work of editing ourselves and to do more work of just blabbing. You know, when you get really good at something, uh-huh. you assume everyone wants more of that thing. Was it um was it Tom <coughs> uh Brokaw? Yeah. Noonan? Hold on. Was Jones? it Tom Tom the Baker's son? <laughs> no. Sorry. Tom Jones. Was it Mark Twain? Tom Jones, the book. Was it Mark Twain? I was thinking of Tom Sawyer. Was it Mark Twain who said the line about, I'm sorry that I wrote you such a long letter. I didn't have time to write you a shorter one. Uh, I don't know if it was him. I think it was somebody else. But uh, there's was something to that. I think it might have been was it Tom Newman? possibly yeah. Winston Churchill, but I don't think so. Uh, I'll look it up. There's a lot of truth in that. I'll look it up on my pocket computer. Where it takes more work to edit something down and be succinct and... um, Oh, it certainly is a skill to be able to make more funny jokes in a shorter period of time. Yeah, exactly. Elliot's Mm, looking it up. This attributes it to Pascal. Mm. Wait, from Rose's Rose? No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> That's right. The child from Rose's Rose. Uh, <coughs> from the mouths of babes comes such wisdom. And Stuart's back. He went and got a beer. <coughs> Moving on. In two recent episodes, this is from Sean, last name withheld, by the way. In oh, two- no, it's Sean uh, Hayes. Goodreads quotes does attribute it to Mark Twain, but I don't think that's the case. A lot of things have been attributed to Mark Twain. Like Huckleberry Finn, which he wrote. <laughs> <laughs> it was correctly attributed to him. <laughs> wow. Oh, you don't say. <laughs> Sean, last name withheld, says, In two recent episodes, number 220, The Trust, and mm-hmm. 223, The Last Witch Hunter. Mm, spanning several weeks. <laughs> Dan makes a series of mouth noises that he plainly thinks is an imitation of saxophone music. <laughs> Dan, do you remember what that sounds like? Yeah, like Baker Street. <laughs> and what does this person have to say about that? Because it does not sound like a saxophone. Clearly, however, he's making trumpet sounds. Yes, that's what I would say. Or maybe trombone sounds. <laughs> Point being, he is, under no, like, bop, bop, bop. he is under no circumstances... Sounding like a damn saxophone. <laughs> How's this happened twice with neither Elliot nor Stuart calling bullshit on Dan's failure to imitate a saxophone? I'm genuinely flummoxed. Yours, Sean. Here's, I think, the problem. I think the saxophone in Baker Street does not sound enough like a saxophone. No. And, you know, I stopped listening to Morphine Records quite a while ago, so I don't listen to saxophone sounds that often. Here's what I'll say. I would dare say that the saxophone is among the hardest instruments 
to accurately do a mouth sound of. Mm, Holy shit. I challenge you guys to do an accurate saxophone. Hmm. Okay, let's try it. And I, I never made the claim that I could. No, I know, but this is Let for Sean's try. benefit. Okay, Sean, here's my okay, here's what a sex one sounds like to me. Streaks on the china, never been there before. Who cares? Drop kick your jacket as it came through the door. No one's there. Now that's either a saxophone or that the Mr. Belvedere pretty, thing. That was that was pretty good. <laughs> Let me okay, give me a second. That sounds like a trumpet too. Okay, I'm almost ready. Ooh. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> No, oh, wait, okay, is, uh, oh, is this a saxophone sound? <laughs> is that a saxophone sound? Yeah. I don't know. I think the first one was pretty close. So what was yeah, that again? Was, Streaks on the china. Yeah. Never been there before. I think that's it. Okay, what about this? Ooh, 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 ooh. Is that a saxophone? Wait, hold, on. hold on. I got it. <laughs> okay. uh, the mics are probably picking that up. Yeah, okay, here's a saxophone sound. <laughs> Jazz. (laughs) Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog. Good saxophone. (laughs) We got some more time to kill. You guys got any more goofs? (laughs) How about this? Oh, nope. Yeah, saxophone. Yep. That's a leaky faucet. (laughs) You got got any more saxophone noises? Nope. uh, We got more time to kill. You guys sound like this. How about this? <laughs> That's gross. It's mainly like for our benefit, I <laughs> yeah, think. I <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Sean. Is this what a saxophone sounds like? Oh yeah. There's the part in that song. If you listen to the whole credits, there's the part where the guy goes, "Oh, it's like Tarzan is falling off a cliff." <laughs> yep. Oh 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 oh. <laughs> This saxophone. This next letter is from Mark, last name withheld. Dear Flophouse, I stopped listening to you at the beginning of the saxophone stuff. I didn't Um, even make it to Stewart's rendition of Jungle Boy. (laughs) I was wondering if you had considered starting a Flophouse cinematic universe, parentheses FCU, given your growing stable of franchises such as Ziggy, the House Cat, Seven Pounds, and of course Rocket Crocodile and the Ding Dong from Castle Freak. And let's not forget Five Head. The FCU presents many questions. Would there be a Peaches Team film? Would the first film shoot Wallace Shawn to Robert Downey Jr. like stardom? And which movie does Stallone star? Would the Peaches appear in every film? If anything comes of this, I'll accept the standard $700,000 fee for one of your scripts. Keep flopping in the free world, Mark name withheld. Guys, I'm going to pitch. I think for I think we're going to go with a surprise character, but I think this one's got legs, literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm talking about the Southern Granny who just happens to love that tan tan. Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect, great. Because it's a popular bit. Okay, and <laughs> and Is there anything else? To I, I think there's a whole world around this uh, this Granny. Um, in the post credit sequence, I think. Uh, the uh-oh kid will show up. Now, the house cat is a character who just kind of gets hinted at in a lot of the movies. Where the right? granny walks into... Uh, let me let me finish. Okay. The granny walks into her parlor. <laughs> this is t- Tintin. Slowly, <laughs> yep. She's, uh, she's got her arms full of Tintin books. Oh, she loves her haze The original French versions, not the American reprints. Okay. And she's super excited to get down to reading those shits. And she goes in, and there's... 
a kid with his back to her. <laughs> and he says, I'd like to invite you to the Flophouse Initiative. And then says, uh-oh, really loud. And then the audience goes, no way. Yeah, yeah. Now, the house cat is clearly like the one they're building up to, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's hinted at. There's a bunch of house cat jewels that they have to get. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of house can... cat Easter eggs. Like, yeah. uh, so, oh, I'll, I'll, let me just try on the sunglasses, this backwards hat. And mm-hmm. people are like, that's what the house cat wears. Mm-hmm. In certain scenes in some of the movies, there will just be a skateboard skating through the background of the scene. And you're like, wait a minute. Uh oh. And now, because it's a cinematic universe, as we all know, each movie has to end with some sort of blue energy portal that needs to be closed mm-hmm. so that energy isn't sucked out of it or doesn't come out of it into our world. Now, if possible, a large chunk of the movie needs to be dedicated to our heroes kind of discovering their powers. Oh, nothing better than that. Everyone needs to have a scene where a character does something cool and then looks at their hands like, did I do that? <laughs> Especially when Urkel shows up. <laughs> He's going to say it. I was talking to you guys before we were, before we were recording about how in the Marvel movies – that really bothers me that I have to keep watching characters going through the same arc of discovering their powers, mm-hmm. and they always do the thing. Or often it's like you're they... trapped in some kind of fucking like uh, like Camus style loop. I was going to say Groundhog Day, but yeah, similar. <laughs> and uh, they look at their hands and go like, "I think Sark uh, is more appropriate." And yeah, yeah, I think you're right. But uh, if Urkel was in those movies, I would want him to do that every single scene. Look at his hands and go, "Did I do that?" <laughs> Yeah, 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 and he's essentially Tony Stark. He makes a robot. He loves cheese, <laughs> much like Tony Stark famously <laughs> loves cheese. He can't get enough. Yeah. <laughs> That's why he originally was going to be Iron Mouse, the cheese-powered armored superhero. Is that so? Wait, in the Spider-Ham universe, is the think- animal version of? Of Iron Man, is he a mouse? Is I he Iron think Man? so. I can't remember. There's Cat in America, who's a cat, and uh, I think Daredevil's a moose. Or did something. they ever do a crossover with the Darkwing Duck universe? They did not. That's no. lame. It is lame, but maybe someday. Hey, these people love these intercompany crossovers. You got Superman fighting the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. You got the Peanuts characters meeting He Man. <laughs> You've got Little Annie Fanny meeting the Snorks. People love these crossovers. Yeah. In my uh, Marvel, in my version of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the Flophouse Cinematic Universe, now you got, of course, Kurt Russell is going to turn out to be Star Lord's dad mm-hmm. in uh, the upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep, and, spoiler uh, alert! In the upcoming uh, Flophouse Universe movie, of course, the House Cat's dad will turn out to be Sea Biscuit, the world's most popular horse. What? It's me, Sea Biscuit. Gotta go out to get some cigarettes, and I'll never be back. <laughs> See ya. But who's playing Sea Biscuit? What big star that you, that you were like? I never thought they'd be in a superhero movie. I mean, I think based on the voice, Don Knotts is playing Sea Biscuit. Okay, great. The late Don Knotts. The late the ghost of Don Knotts. <laughs> okay, now he's the ghost, and someone else is Mister Chicken. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll the, the ghost jump, of Mr. Chicken. jump in there and handle that shit for us. I guess they could make it happen. The ghost of Mister Chicken too. Now he's the ghost. Uh, oh, you just called the ghost of Mr. Chicken. Yeah. We got one last letter that I want to write, read. Mm-hmm. No, write it. I'll write it, too. I don't care. I don't fucking care anymore. Dear Flophouse Forum, I never thought this would happen to me. There I was sitting with my two best friends mm-hmm. when all of a sudden... My noticed- wiener totally <laughs> popped out and I started shooting blue energy out of my hands. <laughs> <laughs> the end. <laughs> this is from Elvis' last name withheld. Presley. Who writes... 
I'm new to the Flophouse and have been going through the back catalog. By the way, I would love uh, like a series of penthouse correspondence where a guy writes a letter and then they have to write back and be like, no, can uh, you were a little too brief. Can you explain a little more what was going on? Why was the naked lady in the library? I don't understand. You mentioned uh, that you had sex with this person. Could you kind of describe that sex a little bit? <laughs> were you in a, you didn't notice, the, mention the location. Were you in a place where it would be strange to have sex or perhaps arousing? <laughs> <laughs> now, you didn't really describe the woman. Uh, was she beautiful, sexy? The now, more, what were her measurements? The more uh, words you can use to create a verbal portrait <laughs> would really help us in selling this to the readers. This is the letters from the editor back to the letter writer as he workshops <laughs> yeah. his letter before publication. Letters now, to the editor. <laughs> now, when you describe dear, from the editor. Dear sirs, I took issue with your most recent pictorial. <laughs> when you describe your weenus, can you suggest that it might be mm, surprisingly large? <laughs> Actually, uh, I was re- I read a book about pornography a while back, or about the four big porn magazines, mm-hmm. and it mentioned that for a time, Bob Guccione, the publisher of Penthouse, was really convinced that golden showers were the future of of sexual entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> and this was th- it was only a matter of time before this became the mainstream way that couples express their sexuality. You, you said and, stream, and I think that's appropriate. <laughs> you know, and. Uh, that I, I, there was a, the staff had to convince him that this was not the case to stop doing these features. But I imagine they got quite a few letters to the editor at the time. <laughs> Dear sirs, I have long been enjoyed your product and proudly displayed it on my coffee table when I had family or friends <laughs> over to visit. But recently, I found that the magazine has taken a urinary turn that I do not find appropriate. I've enjoyed your pictorials of women who appear to be examining their own genitals, perhaps for some disease or something. <laughs> But this uh, urinary... uh... As an airbrushing enthusiast, I've put up with the fact that you've used naked women to demonstrate today's (laughs) hottest airbrushing (laughs) techniques, and yet now I find you have gone too far. What happened to the days when I only had to worry about, say, frontal nudity when perusing the latest tips and tricks from professional airbrushers? I remember in college buying a penthouse from Hastings uh, Entertainment Store and being surprised at the amount of urine play being uh, featured in the magazine. Now you know. Now you know. Wow. That's why that elderly cashier looked at me weird. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't because of my KMFDM (laughs) t-shirt. Because of my choice of entertainment, which was Penthouse Magazine. (laughs) All right. Well, and a DVD copy of Donnie (laughs) Darko. I'll take this DVD dog of Darty Darko and this golden shower penthouse. I have a strange series of fetishes. I mean, regular shower penthouse. <laughs> uh, Elvis writes, I'm new to the flop house and I've been going through the back catalog. I love experiencing small vembers and shocktobers of the past and wanted to suggest a new holiday month in November called Stuart Timber. I would say it. Stuart Timber, and it would have about three episodes for the month and feature Castle Freak, Head of the Family, and The Invisible Maniac. Uh-huh. Two of you are probably thinking, wait, that's great for one Stuart Timber, but what about next year? Well, the thing about Stuart Timber is that he kills a guy with a submarine sandwich. Elvis last name withheld. So He makes a good <laughs> point. He answers exactly the question you had, which is, that would be good for one Stuart Timber. Does he? Now, I know that Dan listens to my recommendations pretty carefully and acts (laughs) on them. (laughs) Elliot, 
Have you seen Invisible Maniac? Oh, yeah, I saw it. I remember you showed me that it was on YouTube, and I watched the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Castle Freak? Yeah, I saw it in a theater when you were hosting it. Okay, and I drove you to that screening. <laughs> yeah. Have so you it would have seen... been pretty rude of me not to attend. <laughs> have you seen The Granny? I still have not seen The Granny, the gran- nor Head of the Family. What were you about to say about The Granny? The no, Granny really just, took over from Head of the, the Family. Granny. It snuck in there, right? Yeah, it, and overtook it. It used to be... Kind of. I mean, Head of the Family's great. It's hard to say that... The movies that I watch are only four, uh, are only three movies when they should be only four movies. I mean, Night of the Demons was coming in close for a while, but I think the granny overtook it. Yeah, Night of the Demons, that's more like when I want to show off how arty I am. <laughs> that I'm into like, you know, more heady cinema, cerebral stuff. Hey, Dan, what's the next part of this podcast? Okay, Elliot needs to go home, apparently. Uh, the- yep. As uh, I've been a little out of it for the second half of this, as happens sometimes when we're recording, something has happened in my personal life that I've been notified of via text during the recording, and it has distracted me. Sorry about that. Uh, the last part of the podcast is where I don't we. Know you're apologizing for Elliot. I don't. I. I thought he was apologizing to me. Oh, okay. Uh, nah. <laughs> uh, the last part of the podcast is where we uh, recommend movies that we actually liked that you could watch instead of wasting your time on Max Steel. Stuart, do you have something? Uh, I do. I guess this is going to be, let's, let's call this a controversial recommendation. Uh, I'm going to recommend uh, the 2016 movie from Nicholas Wendig Refn, The Neon Demon. All right. Uh, now if you are, I mean, this dude's made a shitload of movies. Yeah, sure. Um, if you are kind of in the market for one of his movies, you probably already seen this one and decide whether or not this is for you or not. Um, this is not a movie similar to only God forgives. This is not a movie that I would recommend to just any Joe on the street. This is something that, uh, this is a movie that is, let's say light on plot. You could probably write the entire script on a uh, on an index card, um, and the if you try and look at the story on some on some kind of a, as a metaphor, it's pretty straightforward and pretty thin. But uh, thin on story, rave Stuart Wellington. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a movie that's kind of a weird recommendation, but it's a movie that like. Similar to Only God Forgives, I left it, you know, in, I guess, enjoying it and definitely liking how beautiful the movie is. I like the music. I like how strange the movie kind of leaves you with no sense of like, it never gives you anything that you can really feel grounded with. Uh, You get some strange performances from Keanu Reeves and others. Uh, and it's pretty gory and has a really crazy ending. So the neon demon, why not? All right. Very vague recommendation. I watched it. I watched it the same night as I watched, uh, Academy Award nominee fences, (laughs) which is like the exact opposite movie. Uh, whereas, uh, the neon demon featured almost no dialogue. And when that dialogue was delivered, it felt like it was delivered by people who had never spoken before. Uh, (laughs) And then I watched fences, which was like a deluge of dialogue. Like anytime there was a moment when somebody wasn't talking, you had to take a deep breath of air so that you didn't drown in it. 
Uh, I'm going to recommend, I will say that I saw Get Out. I will not recommend that because wow. it We're does not. a lot of people not recommending movies starring African Americans on this episode. <laughs> I'm not recommending. Oh, I like Fences quite a bit. Uh, I'm not recommending. And I know Get Out technically the star is English, I think. Jesus Christ. So I should have not The only that. reason I'm not recommending Get Out is because I don't need to. I liked it a lot and everyone in the world liked it. It's, it's a huge movie. Uh, not Elliot's boy, Armin White. <laughs> Did he not like it? No, he took a fucking he shit on it. He didn't like it? Of course, because everybody well, else He's the liked one it. critic who knocked it. Get Out is great. Go see it. I'm, I'm only not recommending it because everyone has already seen it. Um, the movie I'm going to recommend is much more obscure. It's a movie that you cannot see. I went to. <laughs> so what a recommendation. It played only in my head, and it's called Dan's Dream. <laughs> I went to it a. It features me and a bevy of babes. I went to a. Uh, <laughs> go on. I was just going to laugh about Dan's Grammy. <laughs> I went to a Alamo Drafthouse screening of The Devils, a 70s uh, film from Ken Russell. Um Starring Oliver Reeve and Oliver Reed, sorry, and Vanessa mm-hmm. Redgrave, and it's a movie about a uh, priest in France who is uh, the priest in a a city that has a lot of Protestants uh, in a place that's a, in a country that's very Catholic at the time, and uh, because he is protecting these. Protestant members of his community, Cardinal Richelieu wants to take him down. Basically, it's a movie that has not been able to be seen for a long time. Uh, Warners has taken it out of circulation because uh, it has a lot of uh, blasphemous imagery, including a nun played by Vanessa Redgrave having a fantasy about Oliver Reed uh as Jesus where she licks his side wound or uh mm-hmm. yep. and there's also later in the movie where Cardinal Richelieu's um Are you gonna spoil all the good bits? Later in the movie Cardinal Richelieu's lackey so. uh convinces a bunch of coerces a bunch of nuns basically to pretend that they're uh, uh what what possessed by devils uh, and there's a bunch of basically naked nuns cavorting around, and that sort of thing was probably frowned upon about by the Catholic Church. It seems but, like he found out a way to pull off that. It'd be funny if we made out as a joke. Yeah, with mm-hmm. those nuns. It's a very exploitative movie, but at the same time, it manages to figure out how to be an exploitative movie while also being basically a religious movie because. My experience of watching it was the same as, say, watching T.S. Eliot's Murder at the Cathedral, where it is a movie about a basically pious religious man, a flawed, definitely, but pious religious man who is um, killed because of political reasons. And um, that that makes it, uh, like, the fact that it is exploitative, does not take away from the fact that it is at heart a very moral film, uh, but it's very hard to see. I mean, I feel like don't aren't a lot of exploitative films like at their heart like weirdly moral in that they the more moral characters are the ones that come off best in it. Well, you could say that the exploitation that they 
an act is a way of upholding certain social values that are either the flip side of our accepted mm-hmm. values or I'm are saying. actually those values that by exploiting specific either sexual or violent or whatever things, they're actually highlighting stuff that is a part of mainstream society and just taking away the layers of fiction around it. Oh, yeah, like holding up a mirror. Uh, I would say less, well, maybe. Le- not maybe deliberately holding up a mirror, but it being like, this is the stuff that is built into society that you like, but we have to pretend we don't like it. Uh-huh. But I'm going to show you, but it gets delivered to you in other forms. I'm just going to give it to you in a raw form. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's a great movie. It's that kind of a, like a Foucault. This read is of it. Devils, the Devils, the Devils. It's and hard Daniel to see, Webster. but <laughs> if you get a chance to, it's definitely worth it. It's I found it transfixing from beginning to end. Okay, four recommendations. <laughs> no, 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 Elliot hasn't. <laughs> no, no, that was two recommendations <coughs> in the space of four recommendations. So I'm going to make my recommendation real fast. Uh, I saw a new movie for once, or a movie what? from this pat from last year, and that's The Lobster, directed by your ghost Lanthimos of Dogtooth fame, and starring an all-star cast: Colin Farrell, Rachel Weisz, all sorts of people, John C. Riley, and uh, Bond girl Lea Seydoux, right? And uh, the it is the story. Ski-doo. If you're not fully aware of it, it is very Dogtooth in style, uh, in that it is kind of deadpan, grotesque humor. Uh, about a world where it is the government demands everyone be in a loving couple. Single people are not to be allowed. So if you're single, you're sent to a hotel where you have a set amount of time to fall in love with someone else. And if that doesn't happen, you are turned into an animal of your choice. And the main character has decided he will be a lobster, played by Colin Farrell, if he doesn't. That's why it's called The Lobster. Uh, yep. Uh, but there's also a people who live out in the woods who are living alone and are constantly being hunted by these people in the hotel. And it is kind of, I mean, in its, in its broadest strokes, it is kind of a grotesque uh, comedy of It's a pitch society. black comedy. But it's, what it's about ultimately is how systems of rules that attempt to control behavior too much, I guess, warp human beings into the, into the shape of that behavior in ways that are terrifying. And it, the movie kind of loses its way after a while, mm-hmm. but it plays out the rules that it set up to the logical conclusion point. And I thought, though, that it was not fun at times. I found it actually really funny and well thought out. It's not a movie to watch if you don't like unpleasant things. Yeah, for instance, I'll say <laughs> the, the Neon Demon of the movie I recommended is super gross. I don't recommend it if you don't like gross things. The Lobster... Don't watch if you don't like violence against animals or the threat of eye trauma. Which there's not a lot of that, but there's enough of it, and it comes at let's say uh, in surprising ways. And it's the way that it's edited that is a style that's meant to be like funny because it's so shocking, and because it's distanced. It is a it is a going out of its way to not be melodramatic and to be very matter of fact about the way it presents things that are horrifying. But because of that, it makes it. Like a little more horrifying. Yeah, and it also means that you you're like <coughs> you don't know what's fucking coming sometimes. Oh yeah, very much so. It's a it's a it's a surprising movie at the time. And you know what? Make a John C. Riley double feature of it. He's in this, and I really enjoyed King Kong Skull Island. Mm-hmm. So for two very different tastes of John C. Riley, The Lobster and Kong Skull Island, the movie that says, "Hey, 
What do you expect from a movie called Kong Skull Island? We're going to deliver it to you. No surprises, but you get a lot of Kong. Get a lot of Kong. What more can you want? Uh, so we should wrap up. We should We're wrap all up. obviously very distracted at this point in the podcast. Uh, Elliot is texting. I cannot put a coherent defense of the movie The Devils together. No, you did uh, a fine job, dude. Thank you. Um, and Stuart is just happily just being Stu, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. Keep on keeping on. Uh, but for the flop house, I've been Dan McCoy. Hey, he's been Dan McCoy. <laughs> and Thanks. Stuart Wellington just said that thing about Dan McCoy. Dan McCoy, everybody. Let's hear it for him. Yay. Oh, man. You son of a bitch. I don't, I don't like you, but God damn it, I respect you. Wait, you don't like me? <laughs> and texting on my phone I'm Elliot Kalen good night everyone a male porn star when it's a performer that you recognize and kind of like is more like a surprise we're we're talking about hetero porn I'm assuming yeah yeah and hetero porn I'm just talking about if if you are a hetero male Mm -hmm. or a woman who likes to look at hetero porn sure uh, when you see it's like you're not going to the movie for David Paymer. But when mm-hmm. David Paymer shows up in a small role, you're like, oh, this is nice. So you're going to that porn for the female star. But then mm-hmm. a male star you recognize shows up, and you're like, oh, okay. He's got I a really identify with that guy. That, I get that. Mm-hmm. His penis reminds me of my own penis. <laughs> <laughs> yep. This is, I can really project myself onto this one. I'm always impressed by Peter North's uh, copious amounts of jizz. <laughs> wow. <laughs> When is copious ever used for something? (laughs) Other than Lots of things. Lots of things. Copious notes. Uh, Get out of here, dude. Uh, Trying to decide whether this is is end of the show fodder or not. No, I don't think so. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.